tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Fatima, Log Cabin, and Missing Cheek. Hi, I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. This is Reenacted Unsolved Mysteries Podcast. Crystal, how are you feeling today? Um, you know, Robbie, I have heard uh, some of our favorite podcasters share the sentiment, but sometimes, sometimes on the days when you want to podcast the least, um, are the days you need to do it the most. And I feel like this is one of those days. I was actually, uh, oh, there's a chopper. Sorry, nobody. An authentic LA chopper. Yep. The uh, the official bird of Los Angeles <laughs> is the black helicopter. Uh, and I just got buzzed. Yeah, it just, uh, you know, I'm having a, having a weird couple of days and been kind of in a sad. And I was actually really looking forward to talking to you today because it, it I've been do- doing this long enough with you to know the days where I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel like being on. I don't feel like doing the podcast absolutely the days that i need to jump on the mic with you so oh well, this is one of those days well i i hope i can make you not regret <laughs> this uh decision <laughs> um you know i have i have a bit of uh news that you should find vaguely interesting uh yeah lay it on us okay so uh the other day uh, at work i I was sort of in between shopping trips. I didn't really have anything at the my workplace for lunch. So I, mm-hmm. I went out to get some lunch. And of course, naturally, I went to Del Taco. Um, uh-huh. Uh, I Because <laughs> it's the best. Yes, it, precisely. Um, uh-huh. And the woman at the drive-thru counter window... I guess I must have just been in a just downright chipper mood because, you know, she asked me, how, you know, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. really good. How are you? How are you feeling this day? And she, I don't know, I guess maybe I brightened her day a little bit. Uh, and she made some comment about like, not everyone is, so, you know, so, you know, mirthful, I guess. Um, and what do you know when she hands me back my card along with the receipt there's uh-huh. a buy one get one taco free coupon she included with it well yeah and i i don't know Whoa. if that was just like they're just throwing them out there that day or mm-hmm. perhaps like i brightened her day just just that little bit that she's like i'm gonna give that guy a coupon so well i mean i choose to believe it's because you brightened her day a little bit well thank you which is the theme of this right is robbie brightening people's days brightening people's days and i have another idea for brightening another person's day Uh, Uh uh-huh and i think uh we'll go ahead and we'll talk about this now because um it won't ruin the surprise Okay. By the time this this episode drops, I you're was right. I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, I'm thinking because we uh, mm-hmm. 
we're both going to be attending someone's special day this weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, we are going to see each other IRL. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I, I already have a stack slash rump related gift that I'm going to be bringing to the to the wedding. Fantastic. Wow, I'm so glad you thought ahead because I didn't purchase anything. <laughs> and I have to like write a speech, and I haven't done that either. Oh well, you, I, as as we learned in uh, graduate school, we do all of, all of our best work the night before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be doing it on the drive up there, but uh, go on. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think included. Uh, let's just say that uh, part of the the rump related gift involves something mm-hmm. that involves a frame i think it would be funny mm-hmm. to if we both took that del taco coupon autographed mm-hmm. it and then put it mm-hmm. into the frame along with the other <laughs> the thing yeah <laughs> in true in true rub fashion as as the mm-hmm. person who has our who won the hollywood video one dollar off the twilight zone radio dramas yeah <laughs> gift coupon uh, can address. Mm-hmm. I love it, and we will do that. Excellent. I <laughs> I am I I, w- I will go ahead and grab the. What do you think, black sharpie or silver? I think it's her special day. I think we should go silver. But I here's the thing. I question if us signing the coupon will invalidate the coupon. Because the person getting married, I know this bitch, she will want the coupon. <laughs> oh, but I don't know. Uh, Are we going to invalidate the coupon by giving it to her? Oh, that's that's an interesting point. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a little, I guess, a little bit of tidbit of information that um, mm-hmm. I'll be passing on to you. Which is, okay. remember uh, a couple years ago. I sent out uh, rewards packages to some Rumpo fans. Yeah. Um, and, and this individual in question received one. And at your wedding, they related to me that they had, as of that point, not redeemed the Taco Bell gift card because they didn't want to risk losing it. Because the, like the oh, card okay. was okay, they they, they appreciated mm-hmm. the card that much. Oh. Like 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 I mean, okay. you know, as a memento of of rump fandom, that that they hadn't redeemed it. So I suspect wow. okay they might be. Okay. I, I think we can sign the coupon though. Yeah, yeah, I think we can sign it. I just know she loves a deal. That's what I know about her. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like. So that is truly shocking. I didn't know the whole story about the uh, the Taco Bell gift card. Right. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, hey, that's another. I'm super. I mean, what a party it's going to be this weekend. I'm looking. I'm so excited. It's going to be. It's going to be. I'm bringing the dog. <laughs> that's how casual this is going to be. I'm bringing the dog. Oh, I'm bringing nice. the dog to the wedding reception um it's on yeah it's just going to be a really great time i'm looking for you know i you know i love spending time with my good friends and um you know i'm really looking forward to you as well as my husband getting to meet the people i grew up with because they're all going to be there i mean this is this is like real og crystal history these are the people who know me from like 
when. Okay. Since I was a little girl and, um, you know, obviously the person in question, uh, you know, she was in my wedding and, uh, she, uh, you know, we've known each other for three decades at this point, but I've, there's going to be some people there that are like, I've known that long as well. So it's, I'm just, I'm super looking forward to it. It's just going to feel good. The vibes I feel like are going to be immaculate. Um, unfortunately we have to drive six hours to get there. But I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just, I'm no, I'm just, I'm, it's just, it's going to be, I like feel in my heart like it's going to be really special and it's going to be really fun. And, yeah, um, that'd be great. Just, I, I couldn't be happier for the two people getting married. Just, you know, like I said, I've known this person. I'm probably narrowing it down if anyone knows me, but I'm trying to not say her name, but I've known this person for three decades and I've never seen her this happy. So I know uh. it's real. And, her husband to be is just the best guy and I am looking forward to spending the next three decades getting to know him. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mazel tov, you guys and you, and they're listening and they know I'm talking about them. We don't need to drop any names. No, no. One of the things though, that happened recently, this is going to be kind of a long open is we were approached by a potential advertiser mm-hmm. and Robbie and I, we feel your time as a listener is worth something. And we agreed that probably the product we were approached by did not represent the rump brand and would not be something that our audience would be terribly interested in. And um, not to mention they kind of lowballed us on the price (laughs) (laughs) advertising time. So as of right now, we have decided to keep our after four some years of doing this, we have decided to keep our podcast as of right now ad free. Uh because we value your time as much as our own. So we're not, you're welcome. Everyone is basically what I'm saying is we're not going to push a product. We don't believe in it on you guys, but all that said, Del Taco, if you're listening, hit us up. Whenever I feel like a great tasting meal, I go back to Del Taco again. I will never go to Taco Bell again. They got rid of the double decker taco. I don't have any business there. It's not for me anymore. But Del Taco, you got, you got me, you got me. So reach out (laughs) that is who we will sell out to and and for amazingly cheaply oh yeah in our discussion i put forward because obviously there was the talk about like how much is is the time of our listeners worth exactly the time of our listeners as well as our time how much does our advertising space cost and no, normal in i was inclined to agree with you that it, it's worth it's worth a bit you know we, we're not gonna yeah. throw, throw them for just a, a measly bit of money but yeah del taco just sends me some gift cards they're yeah, like no, i will i will where just, do we sign i i, I will collapse <laughs> for for them just for that yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> <laughs> um should we talk about uh an episode of unsolved mysteries let's talk about season six episode seven listen guys the first i want to say half maybe two-thirds of this episode is dedicated to uh the miracle at fatima portugal now just to give you guys a little bit behind the scenes every day before we record Robbie and I kind of divvy up the segments within the episode of unsolved mysteries to decide who's going to take the lead on it. Obviously we both weigh in on each segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Robbie remains skeptical. Shall I say 
And I find myself in the very unusual position of being like, well, maybe something happened here. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. People listening at home, this is genuinely a revelation that has just happened to me. I am, uh, yeah. I, this is genuine feelings. I, I am surprised, perhaps yeah. even bordering on shock. Yeah, I'm not trying to start a controversy or anything, but I'm kind of glad that I I landed with the miracle at Fatima. Um, so let's let's do a little background here. Uh, there were uh, in 1917 in Fatima, Portugal, which is, um, you know, I'm sure. Listen, yo, <laughs> let me wrap with you. No, I'm sure if you live um, in any area with a high hispanic uh, population you've probably seen a church named our lady of fatima Mm -hmm. um it's also you know a somewhat popular name uh you know in the hispanic community it's i believe the name of the town as well as the it's usually a female name uh is originates um from arabic but you know there was the moorish conquest of portugal and spain and obviously some things remained and so the name of the town fatima portugal i believe is one of those things i'm talking out of my ass anyone feel free to check fact check hey hey, you didn't refer to it as the moopish conquest so i think you're fine the moopish (laughs) you remember the episode of seinfeld playing trivial pursuit with the bubble boy and (laughs) george you know like jesus that you pulled that out of thin air my dude (laughs) (laughs) that's nice thank you it's a nice poll sorry the correct answer is the moops what that's a typo (laughs) it says right here the moops it's moors moors yeah so anyway (laughs) (laughs) wow uh so in 1917 on May 13th, and that's important, the 13th day of the month, mm-hmm. um, uh, three children, uh, Jacinta, Francisco, and Francisco Marto, and their cousin Lucia Santos, they were herding sheep, because I guess that's what you do mm-hmm. in 1917. And um, they were, there was like, a, they call it in the segment, I think they call it like a cavo. And I don't speak Portuguese. I don't know what that means. But the way that it was filmed. And and I will also mention this. Stack is very clear that they actually went to Portugal and filmed the reenactment there. If you're going to spend. He's very clear about this. If you're going to spend the money for the travel to go to Portugal, you might as well brag for it, brag on it. So people yeah. are impressed. Yeah, I'm glad they did. So it seems that they, they've, they've done it on location. Maybe not in Fatima itself, but similar. Whoa, something just fell down behind me, and I don't know why. Got ghost situation going on. I have no idea what that was. That was very creepy. Sorry, everybody, that completely broke my train of thought. I'm in a room alone, and something just fell. And I don't know what it is. Okay, anyway. (sighs) Whew, that scared me. Okay, so they're on location. Unsolved Mysteries on location. They're hiring Portuguese actors. I mean, through and through, this is a great reenactment. And, um... So Lucia uh, is out there with her cousins. They're herding the sheep. 
um, they see a bright flash of light in the sky and they determine, oh, you know, it's going to start raining. We got to we got to get the sheep inside. We got to go. And as they start heading back into the village to pen the sheep up, uh, a vision appears to Lucia, Lucia. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> However, the Portuguese people pronounce it. Yeah. Um, I think it's Lucia. I think Lucia would be Italian. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Don't tweet at me. I don't care. Okay. So she's, so she's sees this uh, woman who's speaking to her in Portuguese. And, and she says, you know, I come back here. I'll speak to you again. Um, on the 13th of next month, remember it was May 13th when this happened. And she, uh, uh, she the virgin it was the virgin mary i guess or at least that's how lucia interpreted it and she said that if she kept coming if lucia kept coming back to the cavo that she would reveal three secrets to her on the 13th of every month and um she the virgin mary also told lucia that uh those children would become her messenger and so you know, very excitedly, the children run home. They tell their parents. Their parents, you know, of course, beat the shit out of them for lying. Um, <laughs> you know, as you do. I mean, like, really think about it, guys. Think about what would have happened back in the day if you came home and, and you basically had this heresy in your mouth as a child. Yeah. Think about that. I think the parents' reaction um, makes a lot of sense. Uh so anyway, so June 13th comes, the children go back, and this time they have 50 villagers with them. And um, the children, again, see a vision of the woman, the Virgin Mary. Um, but as with the first time, the Virgin only speaks to Lucia. Um, and, you know, a couple of the villagers said they saw, like, some weird smoke or light or something. Just some weird lighting patterns. But nobody nobody else saw the Virgin. Yeah. And at this time, um, Lucia, the Virgin tells Lucia that uh, Jacinta and Francisco would be going to heaven soon. But Lucia would have to stay on Earth much longer. Um, and so, again, Lucia and her, her cousins, they go back home. And Lucia's mother's like... Why you lying? Go tell the priest. Go to tell about your sins. And, um, you know, even at that time, Lucia, who's like maybe 10 years old at this point, you know, refuses to tell even the priest about her vision that she saw. So this is where I think things become sort of a uh, Guillermo del Toro movie. There are. I, and I and I had meant to do the R word. I had meant to do some research before I jumped on the pod today, but okay. I was just, you know, life gets in the way, whatever. Um, because I really wanted to understand the political climate of 1917 Portugal. Um, and I mentioned Guillermo del Toro because he made that movie Pan's Labyrinth, which is sort of a fantastical retelling of like, you know, fascist Spain in the 1930s, I believe. Yes. Um, and and it is at the center of it is a child who has these sort of fantasies and visions. Um, so I thought the I think I think maybe there are some parallels to the story of uh, Lucia Santos and the oh. Virgin. Of, uh, I mean I don't I can't speak for Guillermo del Toro, but like it felt very similar to Patton's Labyrinth to me. Um, so you know the priest. 
the priest is caught between a rock and a hard place here. At the you know, uh, of course, he's as a religious man interested in what Lucia may or may have seen. Um, but then there's also all these political pressures, which again, unsolved mysteries doesn't really get into. And I understand they don't have a lot of time to get into this whole deal with whatever's going on in Portugal in 1917. Yeah. Um, and under questioning from town officials or whoever the priest felt like he could not endorse or publicly state that he believed in what lucia had seen um and so he basically said you know the devil's in lucia and you know she's seeing things and this is not the holy spirit this is in fact the devil um and you know we're being told this by unsolved mysteries through these really lovely reenactments but also sort of um uh modern day or contemporary priests and scholars of this uh, sort of Catholic doctrine. Because, I mean, if it's no surprise to anyone, in the end, this gets, ends up being declared as a miracle by the Catholic Church. So there's been a lot of study of it within the church. Um, and so finally, a month again, July 13th, um, you know, Lucia at this point is become heavily as a child has become heavily politicized uh within her region and um she's 10 years old you know that's i have to admit when i was 10 you know i i i probably would not have understood the nuances of 1970 mm -hmm. 17 portugal political environments rolling around me right um uh, though um, here, I'm trying to remember when did I first get my my first subscription to National Review? Um, Jesus, I think was was I was I in the fourth grade or was it was it was it was it, was it not until mm -hmm. intermediate school? Robbie, you contain multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. I, I can't believe I, I mentioned that. Well, moving on. Yes. So July 13th rolls around. And once again, Lucia goes out with this time with many other villagers. Um, you know, there's a really interesting scene at this point um, in Unsolved Mysteries, which is it really conveys the tension between the believers in the village and the people who think Lucia's a heretic, basically. Right. And um, so July 13th, they go back out to Cavo, the Cavo. Um, the Virgin, again, appears to Lucia. Uh, and Lucia uh, asks for the Virgin to perform a miracle in, everyone, uh, for, in front of everyone that was there. Um, and the Virgin says, no, you know, have faith, child. I'll do it on my sixth, sixth appearance. Because, you know, the Virgin's like on tour or something. Um, right, right. You know, it's, it's, it's... you know she's, she's in Fatima, Portugal. She's in Guadalupe, Mexico. Like, you know, she's getting around. She's like, when I'm, you know, when I'm back on tour through Fatima, I'll, I'll give you the miracle. In the meantime. If you're in Elks now, Oregon. On mm -hmm. July 26, you can see the Lady yeah. of Fatima. You can see the miracle. Uh, uh, yeah. re wrestle against Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you know, like, uh, I mean, is there any is there any big bigger hype person than the you know the Virgin of Fatima? She's just like she's like and building the hype, 
of the miracle. She, yeah. You know, I, I was, I have to admit, I was a little, cause I, you know, I was vaguely aware of this, um, this event, but, Mm -hmm. uh, not the details. And so I was a little apprehensive when, when she's like, come out, you know, and, yeah, on the sixth time, I'll do something. And I was just thinking to myself, if the, these poor kids drag all these villagers out there six consecutive times and nothing mm. happens. Yeah, right. They're, they're going to be in so, such, such, such deep, so deep. In this segment of Unsolved Mysteries, there is a very palpable sense of danger. And you feel how threatened uh, Lucia is. Because as a child, she's been burdened with this, these secrets, this thing that only she can see. They're the believers, they're the non-believers, and there's also, you know, the government who is trying to keep the Catholic Church in check for whatever reason. Again, I don't know what the history is here. I assume it's some proto-fascist movement. But um, trying to keep the the church in in check, uh, you know... And here and at the center at all of this is a little girl, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I listen, obviously I was I was really fascinated by the story. Um, so you know, anyway, back to it's July 13th. Uh, the virgin has appeared again. Lucia says, you know, give me the miracle. The virgin's like, you're gonna have to buy tickets for that, come back later. But in the meantime, hey, guess what? Here's a vision of hell. And <laughs> uh Lucia sees the vision of hell. You know, she sees that the Virgin um, is and God, and God is offended by World War One, which was going on at the time. Uh, the Virgin warns of the rise of the nation of Russia. She keeps talking about Russia, and all of this is in Portuguese in the reenactment. But you can hear her saying Russia. You know, this is like yeah. an atheistic form of government. It's you know an offense to God. You have to be, we have to, you know, every, everyone's going to burn if everybody becomes communist. Um, it, it would have been interesting sure. if she had dropped a um, few hints about uh, Anastasia. <laughs> have sort of a, <laughs> expand this out into a mm-hmm. expanded movie universe like uh, Marvel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The extended Anastasia, the extended Romanov universe. Yes. <laughs> the (laughs) eru if you're into that whole brevity thing okay so but uh the virgin at this time tells you know lucia you cannot reveal you cannot tell anyone what i've shown you here today and um so august 13th rolls around and this time government officials come to lucia's family and they said you know what uh you know why don't we uh give you a ride out to that cavo come on kids um, we want to see what all the fuss is about. And um, while they're on the way out there, uh, they, the children get kidnapped <laughs> and taken to a government prison and then psychologically tortured uh, by an administrator who says to Lucia he's going to um, cook her cousins in oil unless she tells him what uh, she saw. Now, the government's interest at this point, again, is to keep the Catholic Church in check and thinks, you know, they think the Catholic Church has recruited this little girl to do this hoax to sort of make the state government look kind of weak. I don't know what they're thinking. But uh, finally, you know, Lucia wouldn't budge and yeah. she wouldn't tell the secret. Um, so, and uh, 
you know, it turns out at the end of the reenactment that, in fact, they had not cooked her cousins in oil and they released them back to their families. Um, pretty rattled at that point. I, I would be. Uh, so, finally, uh, so uh, the virgins of sixth and final appearance, so the one that she was hyping, uh, on July finally occurred on October 13th and I guess something and there's pictures of this event there's actual photographs uh, 70,000 pilgrims came from hundreds of miles away to witness the miracle she had promised so at this point you can assume like you know things are getting written up in newspapers people are being told about it in church you know um, 70,000 is a lot of people that is an incredible amount of people I mean I was a 10 year old kid and I managed to get 70,000 people out to an event without any money spent on advertising mm-hmm. promotion. That's, that's really impressive. Maybe we should, maybe we should uh, let the lady of Fatima do our <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> Whenever I feel like a great tasting meal, I go back to Del Taco again. Well, I mean, it's incredible considering that people didn't own cars and right. You know, that that is pretty incredible. So with 70,000 people out there, including the press, that's who was taking pictures, um, the children arrive at the area. Uh, it's pouring rain. And when the children get there, when they get to the Cavo, the rain stops. Mm-hmm. And they wait. And finally, the Virgin appears to them. And Lucia begins to speak to her. Um during this time a lot of eyewitnesses say that the sun began to undulate so like it kind of started going up and down um with ribbons of multicolored light around it um and then suddenly it began to fall like towards earth so there was like a perspective shift where a lot of people in the crowd felt like the sun was coming towards them um, and many were very fearful of being scorched by the heat. And then eventually, I, I, this whole thing went on for about 12 minutes. And then eventually, the sun returned to its normal place in the sky. And there's a lot of pictures that Unsolved Mysteries shows us of people either looking bored because they're not seeing anything happen or um, because they're they're experiencing something and looking stunned or fearful. And yeah. um uh, you know, it really is the, uh, oh, a couple more follow-up things. So Jacinta and Francisco, 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 um, who were Lucia's cousins, they actually did die in the Spanish flu epidemic the next year. This, this was a weird little moment in the segment yeah. where we had like an update happen in the, in the pro, in the, while well, the segment's still going on. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they tell us like after the, the cousin, there's a little text thing after the cousins, you know, passed away. She ended up, uh, she went into a convent and there she stayed until her death in 2005. Yeah. Um, and most of the accounts, sort of the reenactments are based on her journals that she kept. She, you know, in her 20s, she wrote everything down. Um, after she moved into the convent to become a nun. And, um, you know, in 1930, the Catholic Church recognized it as a miracle. Uh, The third secret was allowed to be revealed to the public in 1960, but it was withheld. 
Um, and the three secrets of Fatima are, uh, I guess the first was that vision of hell. The second included the Virgin Mary's instructions on how to save souls from there and convert the world to the Christian faith. And then the third one, we don't know. So mm. that's it. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm skeptical, of course. Do I think the Virgin Mary visited Fatima, Portugal six times as an apparition and only spoke to a 10-year-old girl? No. Okay. I don't think that's what happened. I do think there's an incredibly fascinating story where a devout young girl saw something she believed it she believed it because think about you know she was kept in prison for three days and she didn't want to betray her confidence to the virgin mary um over imminent threats to her person that takes real rock solid conviction like the the type that i mean especially for a 10 year old kid i would i would assume you really would have at the very believe that you, I mean, you, you saw the Virgin Mary, you have absolute proof that God is real. And, mm-hmm. and so you're probably going to make your decisions based accordingly. Oh, wait, no. In 2000, they revealed the third secret of Fatima. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? Oh, it was about the deaths of the Pope and other religious figures. And it's like, well, that doesn't really feel like, yeah, I mean, they're people. They're going to die. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I can ma- I can make a prediction that a Pope, I mean, at any point I can make a prediction that a Pope will die. It's, yeah. Humans don't live long forever. <laughs> I, okay. They don't. They don't. Um, Fatima lived to, if I, I believe, almost 100 years old, though. Yeah, two thousand and five. She lasted in two thousand five. That's a that's she hung in there. Yeah, she hung in there. Um, I much like the Anastasia case that you brought up earlier. I think there is a really interesting story here, and it is less about whatever the secrets of the Virgin of Fatima was revealing, and more about a ten-year-old girl being caught up in all of this the political climate her faith uh, the catholic church um not having adults believe her Mm -hmm. but still remaining devout um you know i think it's a really fascinating story and i do think fatima i believe i believe that fatima believes you know what i'm saying right yes i i would with 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 also like being like was it the was it the virgin mary no probably not she saw something though yeah uh tell me who who would you pick to helm the the directing of this movie you're pitching well I, I think Guillermo would do some silly shit with it. Yeah, um, well, I, obviously he can. <laughs> that the, this isn't a Guillermo joint. I you know I, and I do think we kind of already got a movie similar to that in Pan's Pan's Labyrinth, but right, right. Um, yeah, there. Hey, you know what? Look, the wiki is telling me that there was a film released in 2020 called Fantima oh. about this. Okay. Oh. Well then, I guess uh, I guess everyone's homework assignment is to watch this film or Fatima. No, it was Fatima. Yeah, yeah. I, somebody spelled it wrong on the wiki. Okay. 
let's see. Uh, Fatima is a 2020 faith-based drama film directed by Marco, Marco Puente Corvo. Sounds like Oh, uh, I don't, you know, this, this seems like some Jesus propaganda movie. Oh, so we haven't gotten the, 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 the Fatima movie that Crystal wants to see made. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. There's not a lot of info on Wikipedia here. Um, I don't know. And I, I want to find out more about this movie that was already made recently. Okay. Listeners, uh, your homework assignment <laughs> is to watch this film. Uh, we want a three page double space paper times new uh-huh. Roman. Uh, we're looking for the, the themes how they play, uh, how they play up the um, the the occurrence. Um, if the, if there's an editorial point of view on the behalf of the film, <laughs> I mean it's got fifty seven percent based on only fifty one reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but it's 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 the it was also promoted by uh, the same marketing person as the one who did the passion of the christ so i don't know i want i want sort of a uh, i want the dramatization without the religiosity because it really is the story of uh, a, a girl in her time getting getting caught up in things that are bigger than her yeah you know yeah no i i agree i think it would be a very very compelling story just like how you meant you know, as you mentioned, the the there's a really compelling story about the 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 Anastasia girl of you know just having all these mm-hmm. things swirling around her. Yeah, and Anastasia being being a a person who was mentally <laughs> ill and was manipulated by others to yeah. get at some fortune. Yeah, no, I mean it's fascinating. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you. Hmm. Medjugorje kids versus Fatima kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> Fuck the Medjugorje kids. I'm not here with that. <laughs> oh, mercy. I, I, I just did. I thought unsolved mysteries, and clearly because they went to Portugal, they, you know, they, they did a good job with this one. Yeah. it was fascinating. I agree. I agree. Um. Well. Uh. If we're gonna, you know, fly back from Portugal, turn back to the states, uh, particularly, we're gonna go to Colorado. You ever been to Colorado? I've been to Colorado many times. The figures. <laughs> I, don't, What's that I, mean? I don't know why I'm saying these things. <laughs> I have no idea why you would be. You in seem Col- like someone who's been to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I have. Yeah. Have you not been to Colorado? I mean. There, there's a difference between passing through and being to a place, right? Yeah. Like, like if 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 I land um, at an airport and there's like a two-hour layover, and then I get on another plane yeah. and I fly out, I, I haven't really visited that yeah. state. No. So, I mean, I've been on a, I've been to the Denver airport. I've been on a train that passes through Colorado. Uh, but that mm-hmm. was mostly at night. So I didn't really see much. 
Yeah. Uh huh. So I can't even say that I saw the sights. Um. So I have not been to Colorado. No. I will give you a bit of information that I have either retained or made up. And that is that the most of the city of Reno lays is at a higher elevation than Denver. You're kidding me. No. And I, the reason that Denver is called the mile high city is because it is exactly a mile high. From sea level. It's not because it's like the highest elevation city in the U S and Reno is higher than that. Yeah, I believe so. That's funny. I like, I remember I had some acquaintances and uh, the wife of the couple, she liked to go skiing. Sick white people shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was visiting him and uh-huh. she was like, I'm going to go skiing uh, on what passes for mountains around here. Cause she, uh-huh. you know, she, her frame of reference was like the Rocky mountains. I just remember uh-huh. looking down at, at the ground in shame. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, jokes on, uh, well, not really on anyone, but, that's a really interesting factoid. I would, I would, I, yeah, you, you correctly guess that I, I just automatically assumed Denver was higher, but I guess it must be right. I think most people do, yeah. but it's exactly a mile high. That's my understanding. It's not, it's oops, sorry. I just smacked the mic. Um, it's not actually the highest. It's just, well, exactly. Well, it, it makes sense. Like you wouldn't actually put a city at the, at the top of the mountain or anything. So, um, wait, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, yeah. 200 miles outside of Colorado. You mean Denver? Oh, did I say 200 miles out of Colorado? <laughs> yeah, 200 yeah. miles out of Like, Denver. is it in Utah? Where is it? <laughs> is it in Wyoming? No, it's still in Colorado. Yeah. We're not just we're not just chit chatting about Colorado for no good reason over here. But yes, yes. Did you think their last name was Shopvac? Because until they put it on the screen, they kept saying Chotvac, but I was hearing Shopvac, like their last name was Shopvac. Uh, I have to say, I was really confused as to what their last name was because uh, I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember if I thought I heard Shopvac, but I definitely heard something that I thought. Was not referring to names, but something like something else, like right. like a type of wood tool or, or something. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The so the shop vacs are on Donna. Uh, they they're looking uh-huh. through their local newspaper and they see a little corner advert for log cabins, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, so we want to live in a log. We want to have a log cabin." And who doesn't? Yeah. So they called up the number, fun fun little thing if you watch the episode, the number does not mm-hmm. use 555, so. Oh, no. it doesn't? It's like an actual phone number? Yeah. Hmm. So all, all our listeners, be, please feel free to call that number in your local area codes and see who you, who you made contact to. You know, can I divert for a second? I've been noticing in more movies and film that they'll like use it or the beginning of an actual phone number, mm-hmm. an actual area code instead of five, 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 because I feel like it's such, I think, you know, uh, I think when you see the five, five, five phone number now, because it's such a trope, it like takes you out of the television show or movie at this oh, point. Totally. When you see it. 
Yeah. Um, and it's also become a really interesting way to do some like fun, like um, alternative reality game interactive stuff with the content. So like recently there was an episode of Star Trek Picard and one of the characters hands Picard a, a business card that is has a very cl- a visible Los Angeles based phone number. Very clear, clear as day. It was not obscured. So then, people who actually dialed the phone number were rewarded with by a recording of that character, like giving them a message. That's fun. I think it's cool. Like I think taking things outside of the, you know, give give people a little something. So I wonder, you know, if someone were to call that phone number from Unsolved Mysteries, if they'd be rewarded with like a fun little, fun little log cabin. <laughs> thing i don't know (laughs) well uh unfortunately i'm talking with you right now otherwise i would actually call that number up and uh well you should you should do it and then put it on twitter what happens (laughs) okay (laughs) i dare you Uh, okay well do uh do you want maybe i should do this when we meet up this weekend yeah i think that's a great use of our time (laughs) (laughs) i think you should (laughs) <laughs> i think you should do it at the wedding reception is where you should do that this is the most appropriate time oh nice nice yeah to yeah. uh to make a call to what is probably a defunct phone number <laughs> in denver colorado yes yes anyway so they call the number and instead of getting a sort of viral su- advertisement they get um put in touch with a guy who's like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we make log cabins and whatnot. And I tell you what, if you invest $25,000 into this business. Well, you'll not only be an investor in it. Well, we'll count it towards your cabin. So naturally, you know, the, the shop backs are like, Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know, they meet up with a salesman who takes them out to this, I will admit, extremely picturesque location. Uh, and, you know, the salesman and the, I guess the salesman's associate, uh, you know, they, they put on the, they put on the pressure and we get a cut to them at the bank where uh, the, the shop backs are, are signing the paperwork and the salesman is like, well, this is great. How about I go buy you lunch? Uh, and the thing is, it's not, not to spoil things, but I mean, when you've just scammed $25,000 out of a person, you, you probably are feeling sufficiently generous, like, like rolling in dough at that point that <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'll buy the lunch. Uh, you know, I, I can afford it now. <laughs> Spoilers. This is a fraud segment. Yes. Uh, so a couple months go by. There's no activity going on at the shop backs place. Like there's supposed to be someone who comes out to lay the concrete foundation before the sort of um, pre-framed. Uh, I think they, you know, they, the term is shell. The shell lot of the log cabin is brought out and set down on it. And so they're getting a little suspicious. So they show up at the at the the business's uh, location. And, you know, there's people around who are like, they're 
they're doing log cabin building activity, right? So yeah, I mean, they're they're sawing the logs, they're fitting the logs together. There's a whole frame of a house there. Yeah, very convincing. And, and and they're told like this is the frame for your house. They're like, yeah, this is what we asked for. So they that like it put, helped put them at at me at, at ease. Um, uh, you know, like okay, you know. Donna shop back is like okay yeah it's it's going to come in a little bit late but I mean it exists right our our log cabin exists it's gonna it's gonna be put in um, there's a sort of a surveying crew that comes out and, you know they're hammering things in the ground and measuring stuff and they you know the salesman is like look at these blueprints and, da, da, da. and they're like it's all reinforcing this. But then when the shop backs went to a bank to request a construction loan, they discovered the awful truth from their bank uh, guy. Uh, can't believe I just used the term bank guy. Um, mm-hmm. that's, well, that's what it said on his desk. It said, uh, <laughs> you know, Roger Smith bank guy. Yes. <laughs> And he gives them the the, the bad news that um, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, we can't uh, we can't approve this loan, and it's not you. Like he's he's trying to be, you know, he says he sounds sympathetic. He's like, look, I'm not saying it's your guys' fault. It's not. It's just this builder guy is actually a con man. Uh, it's, he's not even named Mark Mitchell. He's named Wade Mitchell or something. And, uh, you know, basically what he does is he, you know, he just scams people. He he, he tells them that he's going to build them yeah. a cabin, takes their money, which yeah. I have to imagine for Donna and uh, for, for the shop backs was just devastating news to be like be listening to. Right. Yeah. I mean, they saw the cabin. They saw it with their eyes. Yeah. It was not a promise of a cabin. It was a literal cabin that they saw. I, th- I, th- of. I think that's the insidious thing about this. The, the Colorado cabin scheme is that, I mean, the Medford hustle. I mean, it sounds too good to be true. 25% mm-hmm. interest on your yeah. money. Yeah. I mean, come on. Wise yeah. up. Wise up, people. But the Colorado cabin scheme, like they mm-hmm. have a cabin right there in front of you. You're like, this is real. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is just as real as if I bought any yeah. other thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. You know, can I um can I relay a story at this time to the people to you? Okay. This scene at the bank really reminded me of the time when I was like twenty, and I went to Western Union to try and wire some money to the Czech Republic. To buy a fake ID online and uh, the Western Union were like we're not going to do this because nothing you're doing is legal like they didn't know what it was for they didn't yeah. know that I'd, I they didn't know that I didn't have family that I was trying to send money to in the Czech Republic but Western Union was like listen whatever this is that you're up to is no bueno and we're not going to be a part of it like as if there had been a line of people in front of me that had all tried to buy fake IDs from the Czech Republic using Western Union. And um, 
That's just what the scene reminded me of. Was that time? You 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 were attempting to buy a fake ID from the Czech Republic. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's these people were attempting to buy a fake log cabin <laughs> until the bank said no. <laughs> right. We don't do we're not going to give you money to give to this guy cuz he's a crook. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, that's I, that's the indictment that Western Union at Scolari's grocery store uh put on the entire nation of the Czech Republic there. They could not think of a legitimate reason why I would might, might want to send money there. What business is it? Was it of theirs? If you were sending money via Western union to the Czech? I mean, I understand. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't write purpose of transfer fake ID. Right. They were just like, it just as if so many people had come before me. Yeah. I mean, I get like trying to look, it makes sense if you're trying to look out for the customer. Um, I, I I once, as you know, I used to collect 419 emails. Um, uh, will you explain to the people what that is? 419 Briefly. is the part of the Nigerian legal code that deals with uh, advanced fee fraud. So uh, it, it, it applies to any time you've sent a... You, Anytime you received a email from someone sa- saying that somebody's died and somehow they you're part of their will, and if you just send six hundred dollars, but but in a, what is essentially untraceable cash to them, you'll receive millions of dollars in return. <laughs> um. So I used to collect these emails. I, I, I found it all very fascinating. And I remember I asked the woman at the Smith's counter uh, in Dayton a few years ago. Like, I asked her, do you get anyone who tries to send money to Nigeria? And she says, yes, I have to stop at least two or three people a week from doing that. Really? At the Smiths in Dayton. So imagine, a, you know, a more populated situation. It's going to have more people, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's incredible. Is it not? Um, so, I mean, I understand, like, I mean, you know, she stops them and, you know, sometimes people, they give her grief, like, you're preventing me from getting like the three hundred thousand dollars I'll I'll need to go back to school, and she's like, "No, you're not going to see that money. The five hundred dollars you send is going to be gone." I can't believe it's that many people. Yeah. So if Western Union, like, I mean, if they were stri- trying to stop you because they were afraid that you're you're getting suckered in by advanced fee fraud, that I mean, warning you would would be one thing. But just stopping you from doing a transaction just seems weird. You know, this reminds me of yet another time where um, someone in customer service kept me from doing something stupid. Oh, okay. Like sending money to Nigeria. Uh, years ago, when I was in high school, I went to the hardware store okay. with uh, with a friend of mine and... Um, we were going to construct a marijuana smoking implement because 
uh, in those days, head shops in a rural area were hard to come by. And um, we uh, tried to do our best. So we went to the hardware store and we picked out a length of pipe, short length of pipe. And we picked out an elbow joint that would screw in to that or screw onto that length of pipe. And we got a couple of screens, you know, round screens for like a, you know, for your faucet to keep the uh, hot ash from entering our lungs uh, (laughs) after we lit the the marijuana that was intended to go into the pipe. And uh, we uh, take all this up to the counter and the old timer at the counter says, he starts ringing us up and he's like, you guys building a pot pipe? (laughs) And we're like, uh... No, we're not doing that. What are you talking about? He's like, okay, well, these are lead pipes. <laughs> and uh, we said noted, but we were too embarrassed to back down. So we purchased our materials. Never smoked out of it, though, because at that point, you know, yeah, yeah, you- we're, we were stupid, but we weren't that dumb. Yeah. And, uh, but I kept it. I kept the fully assembled lead pot pipe. Uh, I probably still have it as like a souvenir of being an idiot. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So, um, well, yeah. God bless that hardware guy. Yeah. So it's just, just like the guy at the bank who wouldn't give the loan to the shot backs. There's, you know, the Western union woman at the Smith's there's, the guy at the hardware store. You know, some sometimes you just you can't humor the customer, right? You no, gotta, you gotta tell them what's up. You gotta tell them the hard truth. Unfortunately, you know, when the shop back showed up at the log cabin headquarters, Mr. Mitchell uh, showed up after keeping them two hours late, of course. And I can't help but wonder because I mean they're already like irate. And I wonder if, like, I mean, if I was the con guy, I'd be two hours late because I would have spent, like, two hours pacing around, like, oh, man, I don't want to, they're going to yell at me. <laughs> but then uh, I think, you know, obviously a con man would probably be less worrisome. So he was probably like, ah, I'm just going to go get some uh, lunch. They can wait. <laughs> and so he, he shows up. And he's like, "Look, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'll get you know. I'll, 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 I'll make an arrangement to get your money returned here, and we'll get you all paid back with a refund." And they're like, "The Donna is like, wait, you don't have our money? Well, no." And he gives them a promissory note for twenty five thousand. He's like, "We'll get this all taken care of in just a couple weeks." And I think. And the interesting thing is the the shop backs played themselves in this reenactment, right? Or did they? They do, yeah. Yeah, it's them. Yeah. yeah. So like Donna does a really good job of I think I guess recreating the you know her appearance when she had the sinking feeling in her stomach, like, well, we're not seeing that money ever again. Mm-hmm. Because um, you know as, as she's holding this, obviously you know bullshit promissory no and we had a little there's a strange thing that happens in this segment because they have a, like this big uh not reunion god uh get together of all the 
that even that may sound superficial. This meeting of like uh, many of the people that were conned in this log cabin scheme, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of them. A lot. And I think Unsolved Mysteries was there to like interview them. That did not seem to be in a reenactment. Like Unsolved Mysteries was there okay, during that actual meeting. Okay, that, so that's where you weigh in because I was going to ask you because I couldn't tell. I was not a hundred. No, I don't think this was a recreation. I think Unsolved Mysteries. They told them they were going to have this uh, this get together, this net networking event. <laughs> People who didn't get their log cabins. That's that's what my initial thought was. But the there's something about like the camera, they like the lighting they mm-hmm. used or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was shot like you know they're 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 the real life people. I, I I mean like they're talking into the camera and stuff. But like there's something about like the I don't know it has like that the I'm not a film making guy, but it I mean it kind of <laughs> looks like you know the sort of the 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 fo- soft focus or whatever that you'd expect in the reenactments or something. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like it was like a, just a, this bizarre little moment. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, you know, it is a room full of people that lost thousands and thousands of dollars. And I guess yeah. like I guess if you're if you're running the Colorado cabin scheme, you get you know, you get one person you con out of money. You take that money, you can use it to hire like for a day for some people to do lumber stuff at your mm-hmm. at your headquarters when the next poor sap show up so they see right. like oh all these employees and they're working on logs mm-hmm. and then uh you know you get money from them you pocket most of it use a little bit of it to bring those uh hire those guys to come back and act like they're doing lumber stuff again or you know actually doing lumber stuff but only doing it for a day mm-hmm. or a few hours when the the next victim comes by mm-hmm. um now when I was watching this segment, it ends with the, uh, the two of them looking out at the meadow where their cabin would have been. And Donna's talking yeah. about, you know, dream and you might never get another, another opportunity to give money to someone to build a home and satisfy. And I thought like, Oh gosh, are we going to end there? But no, there's an update. Yeah. Wait. Yep. 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 They, they, they capture this, the sleazeball weight, Mitchell Parker, um, you know, he, uh, he, we get the mug shot, uh, the, the shop facts, they show up to watch, watch him get arraigned. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that they got that bit of satisfaction. You know, the thing is with Wade Mitchell Parker, who was the, log cabin fraudster um he's really lucky he didn't get um how should i put this freshened up a bit (laughs) because if this has happened with so many people i mean i don't really think this is an obvious con this is not a too good to be true right this is just a fraudulent businessman um and i i certainly hope the shot the shot vax after especially after meeting all those other people and they they said they f- they feel like 
less stupid. And I don't think they had any reason to believe after they saw all they saw that they were making a bad investment or that they wouldn't be getting a log cabin. Um, It's just a sophisticated scam. And it's a shame. But yeah, this guy went to jail and has since been released and stuff. But I'm just surprised somebody in gun tote in Colorado didn't, you know, (laughs) go in there and have some words with him to that point. Right. Right. I guess he is lucky to just end up going to prison instead of uh, getting both barrels of a shotgun shoved into his face. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, uh, if you want to, uh, leave fraudulent businesses in Colorado and, uh, Go to Memphis, Tennessee, where there's actually a legitimate business going on. This is actually a a missing persons. It's about a man named John Cheek, who at 26 goes out of business, uh, finishes business school, goes Mm -hmm. to to work for a company doing businessy things. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, what was it? At the age of twenty-eight, he's on the verge of becoming obscenely wealthy. By um, yeah, you know how how these businessy people are—they start businesses and, and whatnot. That's uh, accurate. <laughs> that that that's um, that that uh, that is how at least I understand it with the amount of business experience mm-hmm. I have. Uh, no, he was a businessy guy, and he was he was doing his business. Yeah, so you know, like they we have a little reenactment of him coming home, taking off his shoes, listening to his tie, and they're you know, then the narration they're talking about you know he's got this you know this big business thing that's that's you know, uh, the startupy type thing, um, and he disappears. Like on the verge yeah. of, of of making this gigantic fortune, it doesn't show up. Yeah, the, his he was about to take the company public, and he right. had a lot of shares of the company. He was going to be very wealthy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so you know he doesn't show up to the the company headquarters for a few days. Everyone's getting worried. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, we get a sort of a close up of the sort of the missing posters that started going up uh, around for him. Uh, his car was found uh, abandoned on the interstate uh, where the highway crosses the Mississippi River. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's just a few miles from his place. So uh, it's kind of a strange I mean, if he's just trying to get away from his life, he didn't drive very far before stopping and <laughs> wandering mm-hmm. out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the police, they, they they kind of think like, well, this car was abandoned by the Mississippi River by a bridge. So they're kind of running with the theory that he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, his parents are just incredulous that, that this would be the case. They're like, um, you know, it's not... That's not what our son would do, but yeah, yeah I guess a lot of people get surprised when uh, something like this happens. But uh, yeah, they, you know, he's missing and they don't hear, no one hears anything until February 
this trucker. Mm-hmm. You get the reenactment, and I think this is a was this the the trucker was playing himself in the reenactment, right? We get a lot of self plays, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. This is this 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 episode on Solve Mysteries full of self betrayals. I mean, the the trucker yeah. plays himself, and he does a very convincing job of playing himself, walking up to a a, a door at a truck stop, opening it, and then you know letting the door close because he catches sight of the missing poster. Um, you know, and as we learn from the trucker himself in the interview, he recognized the guy because he had just like met him the day before. Uh, and yeah, the truck. The trucker, uh, Ron, Ron Jackson, he mentions, you know, something that often goes through my head. Like, you walk by these missing things all the time, and you look at them, and you're like, you never expect to see see the, see the person. Uh, much less, you know, be like, I had breakfast with that guy yesterday. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have this um, uh, reenactment of him encountering a guy in a business suit with like a sort of olive drab jacket um, sleeping on not a bench, but it's a little wider than a conventional chair. Didn't look comfortable. And Ron, I guess, assuming this guy was just some sort of uh, itinerant homeless, you know, person was like, Hey, I'll, I'll buy you breakfast. And they, they go to a, a buffet. It's kind of a buffet-style setup, which that's always fun. Um, I imagine if I if I were uh, a homeless per- person being treated to breakfast at a buffet, that's like... Uh-huh. I mean, if it was just a sit-down in a cafe, I feel like I'd be a little, little modest, you know? Like, right. you know, just... You know, it's just the simple, just the simple, you know, little meal with the pancakes and the, the you know, the, the, the eggs and whatnot. But if it's a buffet thing, there's no reason not to just chow down and stuff your body with as much food as possible. There's no reason other than you might not have good access to a bathroom later. But sure. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be an issue. And so, you know, uh. John, he kind of, um, the guy, the person who was portraying John in the reenactment, um, he, he plays him in, like, a way that, like, if Bobcat Goldwaith never spoke, this is how, mm. <laughs> how I would imagine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how it would be portrayed. Um. So then they, you know, when they're leaving, the trucker asks him, hey, which way are you going? And uh, I can't remember what city he mentioned, but he's like, basically, he's going in the opposite direction. So the trucker's like, well, I guess I can't give him a lift. You know, and it's just, well, I guess what stuck with him is like, you know, he's, he's wearing this this white shirt and tie. And, you know, it looks fairly well nice stuff. But the, the key to how the family believes the trucker is that to go along with this business suit i guess john was a really big fan of those sort of brown leather slippers um mm-hmm. and so the trucker mentions oh he's wearing those that's it that's the connection mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of strange, though, because they do a close-up reenactment when they're discussing this point of John putting the, the leather slippers on his feet. And they look like the backs of them look like completely worn out. It's like, you know, yeah, they, they really they got you know, they got a lot of wear and tear going on. in them. So, you know, the segment discuss how there, this might have been a sort of fugue state. That maybe John was so stressed out by something in his life that, you know, he just. Well, yeah, they do mention he was working 18 hour days to like get ready for the, the company to go public. And, you know, the lesson there is don't put your work above your health. A hundred percent. I mean, I've been to the point where I've I've had little bouts of blanking out. That's what my therapist called it. Because I was so fried where I would like get to work and not remember how I got there. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hey, burnout is real, man. And uh, stress-induced amnesia is real. You know? So I, you know, I, I personally think that's probably what happened. Either he he started driving and didn't know how he got there and just had a total break from reality mm-hmm. due to stress. Um or he jumped off that bridge. I'm not really sure. Right, right. Those would probably be the two most likely scenarios. I'm kind of inclined to agree with you. I think that's what happened. Uh, it, was a, there was a, it was a fugue state situation. Remember the one truck driver we had who picked up an amnesiac individual? Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, drove him around the country a, a bit. And then... yeah. <laughs> then gave him gave him away somewhere. Uh, yeah. Imagine if that guy had found this particular amnesiac person, mm-hmm. and then you know drove around with him for a while, and then found the flyer. Like he could have taken like right. taken him back, kind of you know so sort of subtly hint like so there's a reward right. <laughs> anyway so unfortunately no update um yeah but uh hey yeah if you're uh if you're feeling stressed out at, at work uh what you can do nice <laughs> is to escape that is to go online and go to a twitter reenacted pod uh you know at reenacted pod Send us an email, reenactedpod at gmail.com. Go on to uh, Facebook, Reenacted Fans Podcast, Fans Something or Ever. Uh, go on Patreon. With all, you know, after working those 18 hour days, you've got some spread, spare cash. Uh, you sign up for the $1 tier. You're just, you're showing that you love, you, you, you enjoy the show so much. You're going to, you're going to give us a dollar a month, to, you know, just help pay for the expenses and if you sign up for the five dollar tier you might get some random crap mailed to you in the, in, in the by me so i i couldn't have said it better myself that was masterful robbie thank, um thank you. hey do, do you want to do the thing join me next week perhaps even you may help solve a mystery 